Hi everyone, I am the Chosen One Legend here with my co-host, if you'd like to introduce yourself. I'm Kai, also known as Vaskarine. And welcome to our podcast, Bunch of Jokers, but a sort of special edition, because we're going to be talking spoilers on Xenoblade Definitive Edition Future Connected. Uh, which So if you haven't played that, you might want to back out of here now. Uh, <laughs> Go while you can. Yeah, believe while there's still time, we're, we're going to be going here. full spoilers. <laughs> hey! <laughs> I understood that reference. <laughs> but yeah, we're going to be um, starting talking just about our feelings on the game and maybe some speculation about what it could mean. So, uh, so straight away, Kai, what, did you, what do you think about Future Connected as an overall package? Uh, it was a good time, I think is the way to mm. put it. You know? Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm happy with the content that they gave us because they didn't need to do that, and they did. So. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> we, as I said in the podcast, we would have brought it without this day one anyway so the fact Absolutely. that they're even adding any new content without charging it as extra dlc is <laughs> it's nice yeah yeah they, because they could even they could have even have just put this as dlc and we would, we would have bought it happily i feel so pretty much yeah i would have yeah. bought it no matter what i'm just yeah, a sucker yeah. for monolith soft clearly <laughs> all the way <laughs> uh, <laughs> doesn't matter what it is they could release you know a candy crush game and i'm there day one so oh hell yeah <laughs> Oh man, but um, yeah, it's I'm, I feel pretty much the same as you do here. It's uh, it's not Tourna Two. It's not as big or as ambitious, but it's a it's a neat little epilogue that adds some new interesting character development for Melia in particular. Um, yeah, because this is very much her story, not Schultz. He's in it. Absolutely. But, um, yeah. <laughs> I guess when we talk about the the plot, whenever you want to do that, I'll have more to say on that. <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah. Um, well, should we start with that then, um, if you want to? Okay. Um, so, I suppose starting off with each of the individual characters you play as. Yes. Uh, yeah, Melia being the main character. Um, she, I think her personality is good and she has, takes a good role here. Um, yeah. In the main game, uh, sort of for the middle, sort of, I'd say about 20% of the middle of the game, she's kind of the main character as the plot often follows behind what she's doing. Yeah, and... she, she, she's even the only character, besides Shulk, I guess, to get her own bit where you just play as her. Pretty that, much, even, yeah. Even, even Shulk doesn't get that, does he? So... Uh, no, only at a very select time. Yeah. Uh, Fiora and Shulk both do at the very beginning of the game, and that's pretty much it. Oh, yes, yeah, very briefly, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's it. <laughs> you know this game much better than I do, so... <laughs> yeah, it's only for, like, probably a couple minutes, though. But, uh, yeah, yeah, anyway, um, Mio, uh, Mio, Melia... Does a great <laughs> job as the main character, you know, she's mm. kind of carried over a personality from the main game as being sort of half uh, confident in herself, but also half sort of shy. Um, yeah, yeah. You can see that being brought over into this, and uh, you can kind of just see her character develop a little bit further, which is nice to see. Yeah, there's no, um, there's no like big groundbreaking changes for her. They're all in the main game, I think. But it's a nice yeah. cap off to her story, and it ends. I mean, straight up would say it ends with her, you know, officially taking the throne, I guess. And that was a really nice ending for her, I think. Yeah, it was um, a good bit of justice considering how much the game shits on her in the main thing. It, so. it was. Like, I love how just before the credits, it, it like lingers on the image of her smiling. And yeah, I was like, finally, <laughs> finally, <laughs> Melia. Uh, <laughs> that was nice to see from her then. Um, it I was, guess the second yeah. main character then, uh, Shulk. Shulk is mm. on the other end of the spectrum. He is about as, you know, he, he's, he's as bland <laughs> as cardboard at this point <laughs> in the epilogue. 
I, I hate his character. You know, in the main game, you see some great stuff with him. He, he develops through the story from being, you know, really introverted yeah. and pessimistic. And he soon, you know, learns to trust other people, tell them about what's going to happen in the visions. He unlocks sort of the Monado's power and sort of, you know, he, he develops so much. Yeah, but he does. Then you get to the epilogue and he's literally just there because he was the main character, but they left his real personality at home. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can see what you mean. I, I, I still liked him in this game. Like, I think he, he felt like Shulk still, I guess, to me. Um, he, just, yeah. he just didn't his have much of a... Right. Yeah, he just didn't... And Adam Howden, you know, did a good job, I think, um, as he does. Yeah, but of course. He, he just didn't have much purpose to the plot, really. He, he was just there to be support for Melia, I guess. <laughs> yeah, like, it, it, I noticed, because um, I started paying attention to it as soon as I caught on. And, you know, mm. in these cutscenes, you'd have Melia taking the focus, should be saying or thinking something about something that involves her. And then Shulk yeah. would just be standing behind her and he'd just go, yeah, that's right. You can <laughs> yeah. do it, maybe. Or, you know, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't do anything himself. And no, yeah. It's fine that he's not the main character. You know, I don't mind him being secondary, but mm. he just doesn't do anything. I don't know. I feel, yeah, they, they did a bit. The process <laughs> we got was him with the Monado at the end and its ability to, when he upgrades it, to uh, make the yeah. Fog Beast vulnerable. But that's really the only story thing he does per se yeah um, even then though like those, that's tied so little to his character because it's like, yeah he doesn't even really react to it he's just like oh cool okay <laughs> he's that's just it. he's like done with it now I've, I've done my story mate it's uh my emotions yeah. are over now <laughs> like i wasn't expecting loads from him anyway because it's clear that his story's complete but yeah we didn't hear him like mention anything about you know what it was like for him what what the new world is like you don't hear yeah, anything from him i I will say one, I did quite like his heart-to-heart uh, -heart with Melia in um, Alchemoth, which is right near the end. I don't know if you remember that one. Uh, what was involved in the heart-to-heart? -heart? Oh, um, it was just him and Melia standing inside Alchemoth looking at the portrait of Bionis. Um, oh, yeah, Bionis I remember doing and that one. Talking about basically the final battle. And, you know, I like that. I do like that his relationship with Melia, it's very much... It's natural now, I think. They sort of... Um, yeah. They've come to that conclusion now where there's no longer that sort of awkward romance thing between them, that sort of past now. He's accepted it, I guess. Yeah. And they just seem that they just seem like natural together now, which I do quite like. It felt it felt nice to see them that way, I think. Uh, yeah, for sure. But yeah, he's definitely not the highlight of this. You know, don't if no. you're a massive Shulk fan, that's that's not a reason to play this. So <laughs> No. However, yeah. If you are a massive Nopon fan, you're <laughs> oh, yes. tree. Oh boy. <laughs> oh yeah. Kino and Nene, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Nopon uh, have not been much better than this, I don't think. They are amazing characters. <laughs> yeah, they they deliver a great sort of perspective on things. Uh, as mm. I said in the uh, podcast, you know, they, they sort of serve a great role as sort of innocence when you didn't have that in the original. You know, the original was very mature uh, yeah. in, in its cast and this kind of provides a new perspective on things with the, the, uh, the kids. It does, because even though Ricky was sort of like a bit of a silly one, you begin to understand that he's actually more mature than he comes across in the game. Um, yeah. So even though he may look on the surface very silly, he's actually more of, a, more of an adult character than you first realise. Whereas these yeah. are actual kids, so... <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, a di it's a big difference. And um, it really did bring a lot of heart to this game, I feel, with them. Yeah, and to be fair, on the note of Ricky, I kind of feel like th this epilogue 
gave Ricky more character development than the main story did. <laughs> I know what you mean, yeah. It talked about him a lot and just the yeah. fact that he adopted um, Kino, Kino as well. Yeah, yeah that, that was Especially really nice Especially like heart to hearts, yeah. They, they talk about him as a character and they're like, and yeah. Shulk and Millie learn some new stuff about him. I'm like, that's cool, you know, they've actually referenced him. Mm, it was yeah. nice to see. And they talk about Oka a lot too and how she's a very, very stern mother, so. <laughs> yeah, it was cool <laughs> yeah. to see, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of good humour with, with them as well, in general. Nopon are always funny, but um, yeah, the, I found the, myself the laughing out loud a few times. <laughs> it was nah, good, they, it, they were great sort of um, <laughs> relief as characters from everything yeah. else. You know, of course, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of sad stuff happened in the main game that's very much so carried over into this with Melia. But they mm. provide some decent um, sort of clarity. They, they provide a fair bit of just innocence on what's going on. They're just like you know, yeah. kids. Yeah, they are. And they have a lot of... Their relationship with each other as like a brother and sister is a really nice... Um, yeah, it's, it's a cool a very dynamic. nice dynamic, yeah. And uh, just in general, it's... Uh, I, when I first saw them, I was like, okay, we're getting two more Mopon for party members. Yeah, but, but then when you actually play it, I'm like, I'm so on board with this decision. It was really good. It was a really good idea. And yeah, I was also sceptical at first, and they do a great mm. job of things. They do, yeah. So uh, what about the... Um, Oh, well, actually, another big character, uh, of course, Lorafia. Oh, uh, excuse me? <laughs> Did I say the wrong name? <laughs> <laughs> Tyrea! Damn it! Tyrea. Damn it! I knew uh, I was prepared. <laughs> right. <laughs> Can I sit in the Xenoblade timeout corner now? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> Alright, so Tyrea, oh my god, I'd say, arguably, she, she's a big highlight in this honestly. she is yeah uh, in the original game she does almost nothing she's an assassin for a little bit and you see her in a little side quest at the very end of the game where they which, help like you know the party helps to kill lorafia yeah which, which i never i've never even played myself actually i've never done that one um it's pretty standard it's just that you know they find yeah. her wiped out they you know they go and they eventually wind up in machina forest uh where you learn monado purge and yes, yeah. you have to kill Lorafia because she's turned into a Telefia, So Yeah, um, uh, Lorafia, do you mean Eumea? Oh, I do actually, yeah. <laughs> God, I've messed up too now. We've, we've both done it. <laughs> <Damn it>. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, we're, we're even, perfectly balanced. But, is all yeah, uh, anyway though. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Torreya's character in the original was kind of dumb though. You know, she was just an angry person who tried killing Melia and that's really it. Yeah, and that when with the side quest, because I did watch Chugga Conroy play it, they like set up some interesting points about her, but they don't really explore it too much. No, she just sort of leaves and um, yeah, flies it, away. It was, <laughs> yeah, and the really interesting yeah. th thing to note actually is at the end of that cutscene when she sort of flies away. Mm. Um, right, I think it was Ryan or someone's like, "Oh, you're just going to let her go." Yeah, and I think it's Dunbound that says like, um, "Don't worry, like I'm sure we'll be seeing her again at some point, but mm. we're not sure when." Yeah, you know, he actually alludes to Future Connected <laughs> in that. Yeah, he yeah. says that they're going to meet her again, but they don't know when or where. Mm. So that's really cool. Yeah. So uh, and she was. You just... could speculate that that the uh, epilogue story was always intended to be a thing. Who knows? It's all connected. They they knew the future then. The future connected. You, you see where this is going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was cool though. That was um, and she's yeah. she's definitely a very interesting character in this, and an interesting counterpart to Melia. Yeah, they put things into her perspective and, you know, they catch up on what she's been doing, mm. uh, the experiences she's faced, and it really uh, helps the player sort of 
feel more sympathy towards her. They they can sort of understand what she's gone through, and uh, you see a lot in Heart to Hearts with her because um, there's a couple yes, of Heart to Hearts. Yes, there's two her. at the end. Yeah. Yeah, she expresses that like you know she was only following her mother's orders, and she doesn't really know who she is as a person. And mm. I think it's a really interesting dynamic that they didn't you know go, divulge too much into. No. But it was nice to see nonetheless. It was, yeah. I didn't when they first showed Future Connected, I, I didn't even think of Tyraya, but then of course it makes perfect sense and uh and they did a yeah, really good job. It was job great with to see her take more of a positive role. Yeah, sure. yeah. Um it was a really nice dynamic with her and Melia. Um yeah. and I like how they ended on that level as well. That was a really nice ending for them both, I think. Yeah, it was a positive ending. Um so what let's talk a bit about the uh the Fog King and the Rift. Because, really, right. we, we don't know too much about it, even... Yeah, and I hate that. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was like... I, I guess they sort of mentioned Shulk at the beginning, that it could be to do with this being a new world, so it's just instability. Yeah, yeah, so, I on the one hand, I like this idea that we can speculate about it, but I feel like they should have given us something, at least hints, you know? Yeah. Um, um, I don't know, for the entire thing when I was streaming it... Um, yeah. I, I was just saying the whole time, like, oh, I wonder what this Fog Beast King is. Like, surely that's not going to be the final boss. Surely mm. there's, there's going to be more to this. There's going to be a, a twist that really throws me off. Yeah. And it never happened. It was like, who were our, who were our like, two antagonists in this? You had Gaelgar, who did, like, nothing. Well, no. no. He did some stuff, but, like, it was clear that he was a villain from the offset. That was yeah. no sort of... There, no. was, there was nothing to suggest otherwise. Then again, let's, let's be fair, Xenoblade, with Dixon's <laughs> many hints, has done that before. <laughs> yeah, but like, yeah. Gaelgar was... But this is definitely, he's yeah. Dumb. I kind of... His, I don't know. I found his quest a little, his second quest a little bit interesting. Um, yeah, that was a... Kind of. But it wasn't... Yeah, I, I like... I wasn't I like a the huge fan of his character. I like the concept of him, as this like, interesting dynamic to all the pure-blooded were being very elitist, and now there's this reverse one who blames yeah, the Yeah, I like the role reversal, yeah. I think that was an interesting concept or a character. I just think they maybe could have done a little bit more with it or been a bit more nuanced with it. Uh, yeah, the execution wasn't great. Yeah, but he's a, still an interesting thought to bring up and a, an idea that I hadn't even considered before, so... Uh, yeah, I think I he works good. as a side villain, to be yeah. fair. I was just yeah. praying non-stop that he wouldn't be the final boss. <laughs> yeah, he comes out and like, absorbs the fogging or something. <laughs> yeah, I was hopeful, so that's, yeah. that's good. But, um, and the Fog King himself, yeah. I mean, what do you think? He's, he was fine, it was just... I guess you sometimes get these stories where the fight isn't about the problem itself, it's about the characters and, what that, and how they develop from it. So this isn't about right. a specific antagonist, it's about... Melia accepting to lead her people again, you know, um, and to actually gather those who have been spread out. So I don't think it's a big deal that it wasn't much of a character or really anything, but at the same time, it does lessen it a bit where you've got like Xenoblades, the main game, the stakes feel so high fighting this god, and now you're just fighting smoke, you know? <laughs> yeah, I yeah. really wasn't a fan of the Fog King myself. I mean, he just. That it, it isn't anything. There's no. No. I mean, yeah. pun intended fully. There is no substance to it. <laughs> like, Very the nice. Character is kind of just like you know, yeah, there's like they're like oh, there's this fog king from a rift, and and you know they go and fight it, and then they return and yeah, eventually I, beat it. But I was interested in what it could mean, but it doesn't mean anything that we know of. 
Um, yeah, I mean, it seems like it's setting up again, but it, yeah. it means that as a standalone story, this kind of suffers. Yeah, um, we'll get into speculation maybe at the end, but I do think it had some interesting connotations maybe for the future, but it's not anything strong in this game. Um, yeah. And I think, like I said, I don't think it matters too much because I don't think the story was ever about the antagonist. I think it's always just been a, meant to be about Melia, you know, yeah. gathering her people. But at the same time, it, it didn't leave much of a strong impression. Um, yeah, no, I just felt like there was no real opposing force uh, yeah. going on at all. It, it didn't feel like there were many stakes at all. No, um, um, there were some great... I think um, there were some like good stakes moments, I think. Like when uh, they attack the... Uh, um, what's the... Glenn, Glenn, yeah. Uh, Grandel. Grandel, that's it, yeah. <laughs> when they attack that, I think that was a cool scene. Um, yeah, but like some... overall, there's the, there is no sort of imposing no. force that they're chasing after, really. Like, there's, there's no character to be had there. Yeah, so. yeah. It's, that's, that's one thing where it definitely shows that it's not torn the two. It's, it hasn't got Especially, this massive story. Like, when you compare them to like, you know, I, I was thinking like comparing it to great villains, you know, Egil um, mm. and, and Jin and Malos, like characters like that all stick out yeah. in my mind as they are amazing antagonists that do a great job. Yeah, this and game then doesn't have there's that. Just nothing here. <laughs> yeah. there's, there's literally nothing. Yeah. And the entire game I was saying like, oh, well, it seems like the Fog King's going to be the uh, final boss, but I'm, I'm waiting for that plot twist. And the whole time I was saying to myself, just I'm yeah. waiting for the plot twist. When's it going to happen? There's going to be mm. something that blows me away. And then I beat the final boss and I, I got <laughs> back to the title screen and stuff. And I was just like, is, is that it? Yeah, that is, was... Is there anything else actually here? Or that's really it? Yeah, I felt the Don't same. Don't be leaving obviously. very underworld. Yeah. So I enjoyed well, it overall, the story, but um, I think it was fine. It served the purpose of the characters very well. There just wasn't much, you know, narrative-wise. Uh, yeah, when you look at sort of you know the original like Xenoblade story when you look at Xenoblade 2 story all of that kind of stuff yeah they're amazing and this just wasn't amazing as a story it, it was, was just, just fine okay. yeah. yeah um but I guess as something again as something that um was just added to the main game as a little epilogue I it doesn't bother me too much I guess um no it's particularly cool. which I guess now we'll get into the gameplay and that's one thing I found it just like the main game it was a joy to play I found yeah, it was very similar to the original, of course. Very yeah. few changes. And I, I kind of like that they put you in at a very high level because, mm. of course, you shouldn't really be playing Future Connected unless you're a veteran with the game. No. Um, <laughs> so the fact that you can jump straight into things yeah, is, is great to see. I don't know about how you, but I feel like it's going to be weird going back to the main game and starting off with just Shulk and, like, five arts and whatever. <laughs> uh, I have heard um, a couple of people saying that they kind of got whiplash from yeah. uh, having yeah. such a drastic change, but I don't mind, because I always yeah. love the beginning of games the most. So. That's true, yeah, it's fun, that build-up. But um, it is nice, it starts you off, and, uh, I mean, you just go straight in there. With this... It's all in one world, it's all pretty much, there's a spy on his shoulder and Alchemoth, but... Um, yeah, I spent the entire thing like thinking, oh yeah, at some point maybe we need to quickly uh, visit the new Colony 9 and see what's going oh, on there. Oh, that would have been did. cool. I, I didn't I expect we that, but that would, have been, that would have been nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, it just, it, the only main difference gameplay-wise from the main game is the uh, chain attack is replaced with the uh, Pond Spectre attack, which is pretty much the same thing, but it's kind of interesting still. <laughs> Uh, oh, I, honestly, I really enjoyed it as a yeah. uh, new version of the Chain Attack. As much as I loved the original, it was so sort of dynamic, this new one. Mm. And it was kind of simple in a way, but 
I really liked it. I really yeah. liked it. It was so, being, being able to use a chain attack, of course you could do this in a regular chain attack, but having those options of heal, attack and daze, and which one you chose, it definitely added some strategy to the game in an interesting way. Um, yeah, it like was one, a le level of sort of simplifying things, but it felt right. So. Yeah, and like one particular thing I found was when I was fighting the, the, bo the boss of the uh, Pond Spectre side quest, the level yeah. 78 one, um, that one, what I, a strategy I found, because I was struggling with it a little bit, um, was that I used the Pond Spectre Daze just before it was, I could see it was about to do its big attack, that Ignis Breath. The Ignis Breath, yeah. Yeah, and um, the first time I, I did that, that thing. yeah, I hate it. It dazed it and it stopped it. Um, <laughs> and I've actually, I've got a recording of this. The second time, I got it off just in time, so that he still did the attack. But because I'd started the, the um, Pond Spectre attack, it left everyone with one HP. <laughs> Yeah. So I was able to just use my heal then and finish him off with that, and it was so satisfying. So. Uh, yeah, uh, that was like one of the main sort of end bosses for um, the future connected stuff. Like. Yeah. One of the main side bosses, and. Did you beat yeah, it after it the main fun. boss? I did. Yeah, I thought I thought I remember hearing you going back to play it on a later stream. Yeah. Um, yeah, I had to do that because I <laughs> ran out of time pretty much. Ah, uh, yeah, it was a long stream, very long. <laughs> Well, my, my streams were, day one was, I think, nine hours, and day two was ten hours. So. That's, that's impressive, so <laughs> I can't fault you for taking a break. Uh, but, um, yeah, it's, it was a fun challenge, and it's, there's nothing particularly new gameplay-wise much, but if you like the main game, it's, it's more that, and it's fun. So. <laughs> yeah, it's great. And I, one thing I do like, actually, um, is the fact that uh, Nene and Kino's arts are direct copies of Rhymes and Sharks. <laughs> Yes. Now, I really like this because it means that, you know, when you're going into this, of course, the, the game, the epilogue is short. It's not a long game. No, it took me um, about 15 hours or so. Yeah, and what I like is that you don't need to learn two entirely new characters with a new set of 16 arts. <laughs> no. You can just jump straight back in with arts that you're already, you know, familiar with, and they fill the roles of uh, a tank and a healer, whereas Shulk and Melia are more attackers. Yeah, definitely. And it just feels great that they have that sort of place where you can just jump straight into it with something you're familiar with rather than having to spend hours relearning stuff yeah so and they it was nice i like how they i mean it makes sense in the way i think you said this to me they could have perhaps learned them from Sharla and ryan themselves and uh, yeah. the fact that they've got these all silly named versions of it like yogurt stance oh, like you said so <laughs> magnum starch as well yes <laughs> it's really good it's uh <laughs> yeah a lot of charm to it as nopon always have so uh <laughs> that was nice. Um, and Bionis Shoulder, as a place to explore, um, I mean, there's, it's not much of a new area in that it feels like a bit of a mixture of Torno and Gar Plains, I guess. But it's still yeah, beautiful. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> It looks great, especially yeah. during the night. Sort of the sky looks amazing. Uh, mm. That's probably my favourite part of it. Yes. <laughs> and I, I like, when you, when you look down, you can actually see the sea. Uh, yeah, that's a nice really touch. really nice. Yeah. I think, um, um, you know, you have a couple of different bits of scenery. You have the grassy sort of plains. You have hmm. plateaus. You've got the uh, caves and the ruins. You've yeah, got even I liked, a marshland of sorts. I liked how it connected to, like, the giants a little bit. Um, oh, I loved that. I'm a big yeah. fan of the lore of the giants, which, you know, goes very um, under the radar. So I was a big fan of that. It was a really interesting idea, even if they didn't go into it too much. The fact we were seeing these giant ruins that were obviously from them and... Uh, even yeah, they gave us nice. a bit of lore with the how RFC the islands float with hoverstone. Um, yeah, I was really confused about that at first, so I'm yeah. glad they <laughs> provided some clarity. 
yeah, it makes sense. And it was, in, it was interesting how they talked about perhaps it was, you know, first discovered here, which is why, and mined from the shoulder. Yeah. Which is perhaps why um, the shoulder is left floating. So, yeah, that was cool. Um, For sure. And yeah, that's, that's most of it. Um, the music, we've, we talked a bit about in the podcast, but the new tracks are very nice. <laughs> oh, yeah, they are. Mm. No doubt. <laughs> the uh, I think the area themes, so the Grandel and the shoulder, they were really nice. They didn't stand out to me particularly, but they were very fitting, I thought. Yeah, agreed. They didn't stand out, but they were nice. They yeah, were nice. they're just very atmospheric, which is what they needed to be. So, um, And the battle theme, uh, <laughs> oh man. Oof. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. I... Um, yeah. I found that when I played, because I'd finished battles too quickly, so I never really got to finish all of the track. Um, right. I went home and I, well, I am home, uh, obviously, but I went onto my laptop and I played the full version and holy crap, the full version of that song. It's really good, isn't it? Like the chorus comes <laughs> in later and everything and it's, I was legit just sitting there with a grin on my face. It was awesome. So <laughs> Whenever I'm listening to music, that's at the top of my playlist now. So. Yeah, yeah. It's, I'm going to try to... Um, I found with Torna, I over-listened to the battle theme and grew sick of it by the end of it. Right. <laughs> so I'm going to try not to do that, but uh, it's really good. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree with you there. It was mm. uh, really nice to see the Fog Beast uh, theme as well was really good. Yes, and, that's nice. That's yeah, good. I thought the piano, it reminded me of sort of a mix between uh, sort of Torna and, and just regular <laughs> Xenoblade battle themes. And it kind yeah, of reminded yeah. me of the Guardian theme from... Uh, <laughs> oh, from, uh, yes. The start of the frantic the piano. Yeah. Yeah. That moment when you've been spot one, you knew you were in for a bit of panic. So it's <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, that was good. Um, and with that, I unless you've got anything else to say, should we speculate on what this could mean for the future with the Fog King and the Rift? Uh, I suppose. What else is there? I, I think. Um, I like. Uh, what, what should I say? I like how they stripped back a lot of things from the main game, such as the oh, lack yeah. of skill trees. Oh, uh, yes. And the lack of affinity and trading and stuff. It was nice, that, considering it's a small story, they didn't yeah, bring in those uh, something, features. So. It reminded me of how Torna did that with the main game. It took away a lot of the more complicated customization elements of the original, just to have it a more concise, smaller package. Um, yeah. And that definitely worked out, yeah. Definitely. I think that's pretty much it for me, though. Uh, cool, yeah. So, um, the, the whole rift, it's... The closest we get is Shulk saying it could be connected to this world being unstable, but we never see any other explanation of what it could mean. So we, we can only speculate. What do you think it could mean? Well, uh, as I mentioned in the podcast again, the uh, art book mentions that, um, uh, oh, what was it? Like, uh, this is going to be the new direction for Xenoblade <clears throat> in the near <clears throat> future. So, you know, whether that would be Xenoblade X2 or, or if it's free. Um, this is going to be setting up for something else. And yeah. I think that's a good thing because I, as a standalone thing, although this epilogue was fine, the story left a lot of questions needing to be answered. So when yeah. you consider it on the grander scale of things that this is going to be leading on to something good, mm. I'm okay with it. Yeah, that's true. Because, I mean, when we, f when we first saw the portal, before we got more story shown, I think a lot of us, the first thought was, is this connecting it to Xenoblade 2 somehow? with a portal, yeah. you know, it almost reminds me, I don't, I know you said it reminded you of Smashed in it, but... <laughs> it reminded me of Darkon, yeah. Yeah, but <laughs> one thing it reminded me a little bit of, um, 
partly the sort of weird warpy bit that you enter for the challenge room in um oh, in right. Xenoblade 2. And also just when uh so Xenoblade 2 main game spoilers, but so you know, you might want to end That's now fine. if you haven't played that, but um yeah. <laughs> um at the end when we see uh Klaus and remember he's split in two? Yeah. And the second part of him is all like warped with this portal sort of. Yeah. It reminded me a bit of that. So Fair enough. Even even if it's not directly going to connect to, I can only imagine it has some connection with Klaus and the creation of the world and something to do with those lines. But I always thought that the other half of him was just uh, Zanza, but yeah, I yeah. could be wrong. Yeah, I think, I think you're right, but I wonder if him, this is caused by him dying, perhaps. Somehow. It could be related, for sure, yeah. yeah. I see what you mean. Um, like, like the fact that you said in the artwork book they... They mentioned it's connecting to future projects. That has to imply to me that the future project would be connected to the story of Xenoblade 1 then, if they're connecting that in with future connected. Um, yeah. And the fact, I mean, I guess the name of it in general, actually, I didn't even think about that. Future connected, if it's talking about the future of Xeno projects. It definitely could be. I mean, the, yeah. the other thing you could theorise it means is future connected could it possibly indicate the future of Melia compared yes. to other characters like, you know, Tyrael or the future of Alchemophonous yeah, Citizens. Yeah. I do think it, it could be alluding right. to that, but it could also be talking about the future of the series as a whole. So. Yeah, it's uh, very vague. I think it's, it's interesting you can interpret it in a few different ways, but it's, I do wonder when we're going to see more about this at all. <laughs> Give it a couple of years. Exactly, <laughs> yeah, because they, I mean, they must be working on something, but they're busy helping with Zelda probably as well, so... <laughs> yeah, well, how, how Monolith uh, operates is that they have all these different teams working on different stuff, so, mm, yeah. for example, a couple of years ago, you'd find that you'd have, um, fo following Xenoblade 2's completion, you'd find you have a team working on Torna, a team that probably worked on this remake, uh, a team working on the new IP, a team that was working on something else, I guess, I, I don't really yeah, know. They have different teams uh, working on all this sort of stuff. Definitely, yeah, it's... Uh... So it's, who knows what's in the works or how long it's been in the works for. Um, yeah. But it's, <laughs> it is interesting. It, um, do you have any other ideas about what you think it means? Uh, one thing to note for the, uh, I guess, spoilers for the end of the main game. But, yeah. um, of course, uh, Alvis tells the player, like, you, this is now like a, a boundless world. There's, you know, all these different places to explore. Mm. And, and Alvis kind of express, expresses how big there are. And he says that there are other life forms um, in That's some true. stretch. Uh, so I think it could possibly uh, be mentioning how there's going to be new places explored Yeah. for this cast, but again, I'm not really sure. I don't feel well, like that's the direction Monolith Soft would normally go in, but I don't know. Well, you make me think of something now, actually. Um, what if the next Xenoblade game, Xenoblade Chronicles 3, is set in Shulk's world, but a different part of it with new cast and new characters? That's what I mean, and, it could be. Yeah. yeah, and maybe the threat they're dealing with has to do with these rifts, and this is just a bit of a consequence of one appearing in the main game. So maybe yeah, it it's definitely happening feels at... like the rifts are going to come up yeah. at a later point. So yeah. Maybe it's something that's happening at the same time with this new cast of characters, and that would be yeah. very much like Xenoblade 2 in a way, of how at the start, it's very much its own characters, its own you know, world in a way, but at the end, you, by the end, even though it's separate, you see the connections. They could do a very yeah. similar thing with Xenoblade 3 if they did that idea, I guess. 
yeah. and maybe even uh, you know if Xenoblade X2 is ever a yeah. thing they yeah. could try and relate it in to that but that we would don't be know interesting. because Xenoblade X seems like it's even though Xenoblade 1 and 2 are somewhat separate they're still got those yeah. connections which X is a bit more iffy but there's no stopping them from making it happen because I, I didn't think 2 would be connected to 1 at all at first so you know <laughs> I'm very curious to see how things play out um, yeah I'm not sure what direction they're going to take the series in entirely. No. Uh, but I'm now a little bit more confident in the way of these rifts. I do definitely feel like the rifts are going to be showing up at some point. Yeah, and I think it's just... I'm just so excited to see whatever they come up with next. I mean, even if even if Future Connected wasn't, you know, a massive big thing, or even if it wasn't to level of Torna, the fact that it's just some new monolith, brand new monolith content to keep me going to the next game. It's made me even more hyped to see what yeah. their, their minds can come up with for the next project. So I'm so looking forward to it. Like, yeah. you know, we're both big fans of both games and the third one, I don't even know how they're gonna make like you know, no. keep up with how good they've been doing so far. Yeah, it's uh this the future is boundless, Kai, remember. So <laughs> <laughs> there are many oh, possibilities. God. So uh I just <laughs> whatever they come up with next, I'll be there day one, so <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's it's honestly Xenoblade has become my favorite series of all time, honestly. Um agreed. P- partly definitely partly due to discovering the community and lots of friends around it, of course. Um I mean I wouldn't be doing right. this podcast without meeting you for example, so <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um so it's it's really been great meeting people through this series, but also just how fun they are to play in general, how interesting the characters and the worlds and they each have their own lessons and their own sort of things they can teach you as well. So just to see what they come up with next is... Yeah. It's going to be a fun ride. It's going to be fine. <laughs> yeah. I'm hyped. <laughs> yeah, so um, unless you've got anything else to say, I think that's our discussion on Future Connected. Um, I suppose, you know, to the bottom line for things in Future Connected are, uh, you know, it's, a, it's great content. It's, it's no Torna, of course, mm. in terms of extra content, but it's great to be there nonetheless. Yeah. And it was a great time to play. Definitely, yeah. Um, and we've, we've gone on for almost as long as the main podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was great. Um, but yeah, I've, I've enjoyed talking. So thank you uh, for talking, me, talking about this with me, Kai. Yeah, thank you. Um, so be sure to, if you're interested in this game um, be, and you haven't played it, be sure to check out Kai's streaming um, on Twitch. <laughs> I'll put a link to that in the description. And you're doing YouTube soon, aren't you? Um, yeah, I'll be cutting up my uh, gameplay into probably 10-minute videos to put on YouTube. But, mm. uh, you know, that's still in the works, so don't yeah. expect it soon. <laughs> but also, stay tuned for um, to this channel, um, Bunch of Jokers, where we will be doing monthly podcasts about gaming news and maybe a few other things like this as well, where we talk about anything specific that's caught our interest. Um, Xenoblade, of course, is a big deal so we kind of had to (laughs) but um yeah thank you so much for listening and uh i hope you go try out this game because it's fantastic uh agreed uh see you next episode goodbye bye that's cool (laughs) yeah it'll be good wait did i turn off my recording oh